0: great to be here. I thought I'll go first because I'll leave the second, the the best till last. So uh, Vanessa will be awesome next. Um, Really is an honour and a privilege to be here. I love your pastors and um, I think God has gifted you with some of the best pastors across the planet to come to San Diego and help build this church. Do you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. And and so you can tell the future of this church is going to be massive. Um, I hope you don't get too uh, caught in the buildings that you have and the uh, emotional attachments because you're going to have to build bigger buildings. That's right. And uh, so I just really encourage you to, um, to have big expectation because you can see what God can do and uh, will do in a place like this in this church. I've already met a few of you and I just think, wow, what awesome people. So for Vanessa and I, we are, it's great to be here. We have a church in Chicago now, right in the uh, gang sort of area, which is really cool. Um, probably the only white blonde person that ever walks down the street and um, most of them are Puerto Ricans they've all become our family and I love what God's doing across the world. We have church in our Gold Coast as well which is warm at the moment so I've been walking around with shorts and a t-shirt around here and people are looking at me strange because I'm still in Gold Coast weather but I do hear it gets like that here in San Diego and um, so it's so cool to be here and I really just felt um, even with, when I was connecting with Aaron, we had a God connection about eight years, Sorry, um, 18 months ago in Newcastle. And I've just been great friends since then. To talk on culture, because it's probably one of the things that, if anything has described our church and what we've seen God do, has been able to build culture very early on in the church. And the thing about the church is it'll only get as big as its culture is. It'll only be as healthy as the culture is. Um, I think uh, Dr. Chan says, Sam Chan, that says, culture is like carbon monoxide. You don't don't smell it, you don't know it's there, but you wake up dead. If it's gone bad, you wake up dead. Mm -hmm. And the thing about culture is if it's bad, the church will wake up dead. But when culture is strong and healthy, the church will grow. And so I want to talk about culture this morning. Do you mind if we get Sorry, this afternoon. Wherever we are, I'm a little bit jet-lagged. Do you mind if we just stand for a moment and, um, and just pray as we open the Word? And I just never want to do anything without Jesus. Uh, who knows? We need Him for everything. And uh, in, in my culture, we raise our hands. If you feel comfortable to do that tonight, I raise them out of authority to Christ. But also with my child, I've got four daughters... When they want to see things they can't see, when they want to feel the breath of their father and the heartbeat of their dad, and they want intimacy, they raise their hands up. So if you feel comfortable to do that while I pray, that would be great. Father God, I just thank you that you're here. I thank you for this incredible bunch of people. I thank you, God, you're going to build something famous in San Diego, something that has never been done before. I thank you that the altars are going to be filled with people finding Christ of all generations and of people that are in unity together with the vision And the culture of what you want to do. Father God, I just speak, Father God, healing into this room. Whoever needs healing, I just speak that here tonight. Father God, I pray for miracles. Father God, whether it be in relationships or financially. Father God, in any area, I just speak miracles, Father. And God, I just pray as the words come out, that it would speak into our hearts. That we'd first have hearts that are open to hear and to listen and to be open to what you want to say to us and that, God, if there's one thing I can say that can help this company of people, then, Father, I pray you would use it to see the future of what you want to do here in San Diego and in this church, Coastline Church. I just thank you for all of the promises of God as yes and amen over every single person's life here today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want to talk about qualities of a great leader. Um, before I do, I'm an Aussie, so I can get away with political um, uh, with not being smart when it comes to understanding the political correctness of America. But um, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, um, still, still laugh, if you can. Um, I'm a Bears, Bulls and a Cubs supporter, but you still got to love me because the Bible says. I'm not an American, I'm an Australian, but the Bible says you still have to love me. And no matter what, you might agree with me, but the Bible still says you have to love me. So uh, after this, we'll see. I asked my my friend's little girl what she wanted to be when she grows up. She said she wanted to be the president of America someday. Both of her parents, Democrat supporters, were standing there. So I asked her, if you were president, what would be the first thing that you would do? She replied, I'd give food and houses to all the homeless people. Her parents beamed and said, welcome to the Democratic Party. Wow, what a worthy goal, I told her. I continued, this is actually an Australian story, but I've changed it. But you don't have to wait until you're president to do that, he said. You can come over to my house, mow the lawn, pull the weeds and sweep my yard and I'll pay you $50. Then I'll take you over to the grocery store where the homeless guy hangs out. You can give him the $50 to use towards food and a new house. She thought that over for a few seconds and she looked me straight in the eye and asked, why doesn't the homeless guy come over and do the work and you can just pay him $50? (laughs) I smiled and said, welcome to the Republican party. Her parents still aren't speaking to me. righty, back to the Bible. Matthew 16 verse 18 says, And I say unto you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I believe everything about life is doors and keys. If we have problems, if we have things that we're trying to work out in business, my dad's a successful entrepreneur in my country and has done very well in his life. He's been, uh, been um, bankrupt twice, one his fault, the other exterior issues. See, so I believe that um, the best day, the best day of, a, of a successful person, when we have people that have been bankrupt they can get depressed and so on and upset. And I say, hey, you're closer to being a millionaire than you ever were before. Because now you know a whole bunch of things what not to do. Yeah. That's good. You see, life isn't about... I don't believe in failure. I just believe about getting back up again learn lessons learned and keep moving to what God has for your life. Mm. And I believe that everything from what the Bible says is about doors and keys. If there's a shut door, it's not about pushing the door open. It's about finding the key that opens the door. Yeah. So if I want keys, certain things released in my marriage then I have to find the right key that usually relates to me. Come on, somebody. Um, that The key that I need to unlock certain things in my marriage because I can see the door, but I need the right key to open it. Sometimes we can't even see the door. Sometimes we're starting with, where's the door? Where's the door for this or where's the door for that? The Bible says that he wants to build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the Bible says that um, uh, he will always prevail. No no matter what weapon formed against us, we still prevail. Weapons will come, but at the end, God will work things out. So the thing is, he's saying the church will be built, and it's built on people like Peter. The thing I love about Peter is Peter was the biggest mess-up you can ever imagine. Like, we put some of these guys on pedestals, but Peter, he was useless on so many different levels. Come on, somebody. He was a man. We'd see him as the Apostle Peter and we see statues and so on. Man, I, I don't know about you, but I haven't said no to Christ like he has. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I mean, the, the thing I loved about Peter is he'd have a go, but he'd also mess up. And I believe Jesus uses him as an illustration on I'll messed up people, I'll build the church. Yeah, yeah. That's good. You see, the thing is, the church is not about perfection. Because if it was, well, we wouldn't need Jesus. Yeah. The church is about broken people being used by God, to build a perfect church. Now when I talk about the perfect church, the church is never going to be perfect. There's always going to be sin in the camp because you turned up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on somebody. I need to feed a to feedback tonight. Come on. I turned up. I don't know you, but I can only look at my church and I say to them, I know most of you. There's a reason why this is a mess. Is because we turned up. Because <laughs> the church is full of messed up people yeah, it's good. who need Jesus, who over the course of life as we step into eternity, become perfected through His grace. So it's built on broken people. I always say, if you allow God, He can take your mess with age and it can become a message. But a lot of people don't want the time thing. But you see, a church could be a mess to begin with, but with time and the grace of God and good leadership, that church can become a message to a community Mm. that says, oh my goodness, this has never been seen or done before. But he goes on and he says, if you want to bring heaven to earth, you need to find the right key. So I believe in life, everything is about the right keys. Everything's about the right doors. Everything's about the right keys. So when staff come to me and other people come to me with issues, they go, what's the door? And if we know what the door is, then what's the key? Because if it's it's, uh, something that can be worked out, God says, I give you all the keys you need. So for a church to grow... It's not about spiritual stuff and and all of that. And there's aspects of that. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's because it's a bad children's ministry. I hear this one's a good one. But what I'm saying is in other places, sometimes I remember one guy said, my church hasn't grown in five years. And he wanted this big spiritual answer. What would you do? And I said, you know what I would do? I said, it'll change your church. He's like, what is it? He said, it'll double. I guarantee you this thing will almost double overnight if you do this. He's like, what is it? And I said, it's called air conditioning. (laughs) where i come from it's like 45 degrees or more celsius in summer people will not come to your church when they get a kid that has lost half their weight in one hour by being in the children's ministry (laughs) and needs to go to hospital on a drip just to be rehydrated air conditioning literally changed his church and so there are spiritual elements we believe god we pray all of those things but the thing is, there is so much more practical about the church yeah. than there is yeah. about spiritual things. And that's why I believe it's about doors and it's about keys. The door was that he wasn't growing. The key was air conditioning. That's good. People yeah. started coming to his church because he had air conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. And he wanted this that's good. big spiritual answer, that's good. but it actually wasn't spiritual, it was very practical. So I want to talk about a whole bunch of keys that I believe creates a great leader, that creates a great church. Give me a wave if that's okay tonight. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first one is this. Great leaders understand that we're a family. If we're going to build a church, church is corporate on one side and it's family on the other. What do you mean by that? If we don't do certain things, a whole bunch of us are going to jail. Right. (laughs) There's a corporate. We can just go, God's fine, everything's going to be okay. No, Obama's not going to be cool with that. Yeah. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that there is a corporate element with our church of stewardship and finances and why we do certain things. That's totally different to the family element. Just like if I want a PA, I don't want a PA who doesn't know how to do a PA's role or job. Just because she's faithful and Sister Susie's the nicest person in the church doesn't mean if I, um, she's going to become my PA if her competency level isn't at the level that I need for a PA. Yeah. That's corporate. But family is Sister Susie's been in the church for years and we're friends and come over for dinner and everything. We do life together. That's family. But there's a difference between the two. But the thing is, both must be represented. So there's the corporate element, but then there's the family element. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're not going to love everybody and everything because it's a family. My, my family is a, is a diverse family. My dad's been married three times. Um, uh, my dad left when I was nine and, and a whole bunch of stuff, broken family, all of that. Vanessa's very similar. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff in my family I've had to work through over 35 years. But here's the thing, no matter what, No matter if I have a biffo, punch up with my brother or an argument with my sister, if someone else calls her what I would call her, I'll I'll go to war with that person. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's family. But when I'm in the same room as family, we have a uh, saying in Australia, families like fish, it goes off in about three days. (laughs) Um, I love my family. I'd go to war for my family. But I have the biggest wars with my family. But it doesn't mean I leave my family. People come into church and they forget it's a family. So they see something or someone's pulling out chairs. And as people are coming in, they're a bit gruff with them because their head's somewhere else. And they go, oh, I'm not helping out now. This church doesn't love people. And they leave the church without realizing this person was just in a moment and they're not perfect. So why don't we go and sort it out? That would be a really good biblical thing. Um, and actually do what the Bible says instead of getting upset with someone and just leaving, actually go and have a coffee and reconcile. Yeah. I think most, um, most things, that, a lot of things that happen in church is a lack of reconciliation. Um, are you still with me tonight? Is this okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that church is a family. I believe if we're going to build any great churches and great leaders We've got to understand we're a family first. Warts and all, not perfect. Every, stuff's going to happen, but you don't leave your family. Yeah. First one is family. The second one is great leaders are committed to the vision. I, from, from Biblically, God gives a couple a vision. starts obviously with the man of God, with his wife. God gives them a vision. Then God gives them the vision to then outwork that through people. A church will never grow if people don't buy into the vision. That's right. I say to my church, you only, you, really, there's only one type of person in my church that I want in this church. is people that are committed to the vision. Because mm-hmm. if you're not committed to the vision, it becomes division. Yep. And division, if you look through the Greek or the Hebrew and so on, is witchcraft. So therefore, in a church, I want a church that's not there to bring division into the church, but a church that actually believes in the vision. And believing in the vision doesn't mean that we agree with some things and some things yes and some things no when it comes to the vision. Yeah. We can disagree on certain yeah. platforms of theology, but theology never won someone's soul. That's right. Yeah. Right. Because the biggest thing I've had to teach my church is we might have differences of once saved, always saved, and this, that, or and another, and, but the thing is theology doesn't win someone to Christ. Yeah, that's right. The presence of God salvation then we work out our theology yeah. so the thing is I can have a difference and I'm sure in any friendship I'll always have differences yeah. but the things that connects us right. is vision yeah. That's good. see I can believe in this vision I can believe the vision for yeah. their life if we're going to build a strong healthy church we've got to be committed to the vision That's good. not just enjoy it or sometimes agree with it but committed to it <coughs> to the vision the third one is great leaders paint the vision with passion um, is this a, I, I have a bit of feedback where I come from. Is this okay? Can you give me a wave? Because uh, I know sometimes when we're intently listening, it can look like scowls, and I just want to make sure you're still like me tonight. That's all. That's all. We have a very great. high yes culture because uh, as, a, as a leader, you need that every so often. Um, great leaders paint the vision with passion. Here's the thing when I first met Vanessa, oh my goodness. And. When you need affirmation.
1: Just kind of raise your hand. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Amen. I like you, brother.
0: You need to come to the Gold Coast for a holiday. Um, um, great leaders, when, when, I, when I talk about Vanessa everywhere I go, because I'm so passionately, oh my goodness, the heat will rise in the room if I talk much more <laughs> about her. Normally when I talk about this, she's out of the room. She, she's usually in Australia and I'm somewhere else, so it automatically, the heat starts to rise as soon as I walk in the room. But um, when I talk about her, because I'm so passionate about who she is, there's things that leak from me where people just... You know, automatically think Vanessa's fantastic when they've never met her because it's so in me. There are certain things that are so. When you want to, if you want to be a great leader and build a great church, I believe you've got to paint the vision with passion. That's mm. good. When I, whenever I'm ever anywhere, I'm a generation church evangelist. Yeah, that's it. If I'm in a city. Or I'm buying clothes or something, and I'm with a friend. Then I paint the vision of my friend's church with passion yeah. to the attender, attendee that's actually serving me because I want them to know that there is a church here that is fantastic yeah. Yeah. And, um, and will love them no matter how they come in. That's good. That's good. You see, if we love, if we're called to build a great church, we've got to be able to paint the vision with passion. Not just, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian or I, I go to uh, Coastline Church. It's like, oh, my goodness, you don't go to Coastline Church? Come on. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize they love tattoos and nose piercings on every part of your body in that church? <laughs> um, it's, and people are like, well, whoa, whoa, okay, well, I better go to Coastline this weekend because people look for passion yeah. more than they look for anything. That's right. As long as my husband doesn't get a tattoo. Ah! <laughs> it's, it's okay, but not. You Just not. Well, that, that, You work that out in your, in your room. Um, I'm not getting involved in any domestics. I'm flying in and flying out. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're passionate about something, you can paint it. Yeah, that's right. The question is, if you're passionate about it, can you paint it? I'm passionate about my marriage. So I can paint my, the goodness of my marriage. I'm passionate about my daughters. I could talk for the next 45 minutes easily about my daughters because I'm passionate about my daughters. You'll know if you're passionate about something if you can paint it. Yeah. The fourth one is this. Great leaders are vision leakers, and it connects to that. But everywhere I go, I'm leaking the vision of the church internally. And great leaders go, hey... Um, you see we're not always going to agree with everything you might like pumpkin pie someone else might like apple pie who cares what you like at the end of the day if it's pumpkin pie in front of you and your wife just made it and is looking for affirmation you tell her how much you love pumpkin pie do we hear a good amen Amen. especially if you want another meal the next night Um, we can all have it doesn't matter so much about opinions and so on if this is where the vision's going then I need to take that, and unless it's immoral or so on, and we wouldn't be here if it was. Um, these things aren't deal breakers, so we're going to take that on. Great leaders take on the vision, and they leak it everywhere they go. How good was that service? <clears throat> How good was this? How good? Can't believe we're doing this at Easter. So only six weeks to go, because they're leaking it everywhere they go. That builds a culture. Yeah. That builds good, the you. potential of a great church. This is one of my favourite ones. Great leaders are low-maintenance. That's right. In my culture, um, what guys look for are LMCs, (laughs) low-maintenance chicks. (laughs) Let me explain this. (laughs) (laughs) I've preached this a few times before, so I know I'm okay. One of the greatest things that attracted me to my wife, and you've got to remember the church as a bride. You've got to see the church as a bride. Is The thing that attracted me to her, she was low-maintenance. There was plenty of girls that were high maintenance. And I'm like, man, someone else can figure that one out over the next 40 years. (laughs) Um, We're going to have enough stuff in marriage to work out. I want someone who's just low maintenance. Uh, Doesn't need this, 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 their water with lime in it and their coffee this way. And sometimes you just want to walk in and just be able to order a coffee. I like good coffee, mind you. But here's the thing. A good leader is low maintenance. I walk past people all the time. We've got three campuses. I'm running in and out of services and so on. I walk past people all the time and I need a church that goes, he didn't ignore me. He just didn't see me. (laughs) Um, He he doesn't not want to spend time with me. He just has four children and a marriage and he sees four children and and a marriage more important than coming to my house for dinner. And if I look at the Bible, the Bible says that is what God honors. Because yeah, right. he cares more about his marriage and his kids than the church Amen. in the sense of someone over here who wants to, the pastor to have dinner at his house. If we're going to build a strong church and a strong culture, we've got to be low-maintenance and unoffendable. That's good. That's good. I've, I've had people come to my church and go, oh, you should see the scars of the last church I was at. You should have seen this and you know what the pastor said. And, and I said, well, have, have a look at my hands for a sec. Imagine there were holes in them. Imagine there were holes in my feet and I, and I was on a cross and gave my life for humanity, even though I was perfect, and could have called heaven to come and destroy the Romans with a click of a finger, and got out of that deal. Yeah. I said, when you look at what Jesus did for us, seriously, friend, build a bridge and get over it. Yeah. We, need be, we need to be thick-skinned Christians. That's great. Yeah. Because we live in a world that's always looking for an excuse. <laughs> Remember, you don't have to agree with me, you just have to love me. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> to go Because what, what are people looking for? Christians that can go, it doesn't matter what happened. I'm going to love Jesus, I'm going to love his church. I hear people go, oh, I, I love God, but I don't love the church. I say, well, that's like me saying to a friend, hey, I love you, but your wife? Man, she got a face like a dropped pie. Oh, <laughs> like I've seen a twisted sand shoe that's better than her face. You could have done so much better. Do you know I'm going to be eating carpet if I made a comment like that? If I don't like her, he ain't going to be friends with me. Yeah, the right. thing with God is you can't love God and not love his church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Come on, somebody. Come on. I need some yeah, feedback. Yeah. Put my hand up. Yeah. Come on, brother, off the back. Yeah. If you love God, you love his church. Yeah. Yeah. You on, can't God. love God if you don't love his bride. That's it. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I believe we've got to build thick-skinned church. Churches, cause there's a lot of hurt people out there, and they need to be able to walk in here and not see your issues. And not see what we agree with or don't disagree with. let the love of Christ through That's us. Good. And then on our, on our own, at home, we work through it. At the end of the day, it's an offence. And if we choose to be offended, it's our choice. Mm-hmm. You can't offend me unless I choose to be offended. Yeah. That's good. Come on, have a think about that for a sec. You can't choose to offend me unless I choose to be offended. That's great. So therefore, it's all my choice. Yeah. It's hard to offend me because I've made a decision. Life is too short to live offended. It's good. Good. We need thick-skinned, low-maintenance leaders. The uh, sixth one is: great leaders have a "whatever it takes" spirit. Um, one of the great, one of the things that I think that got Obama the presidential seat was his slogan, "Yes, we can." Yeah. People rallied around "Yes, we can." Yeah. America can be restored to be the to be the nation it's called to be. You know, all these promises, people love promises. The Bible is filled with the promises of God. Mm. The church is there to convey the promises. Yeah. I need leaders who have a yes we can That's type true. of spirit. Yeah. I'll be you, pastor, you don't know because I'm going into my bad American accent. Um, which I try to use at home, which they think's really cool, but using it with Americans isn't so cool. Um, you know, Pastor, you um Pastor, you don't know. We can't we can't do this. No 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 no. I need I need a bunch of people to say, yes we can. That's right. Let's just work night and day. Let's just do whatever we need to do. And do you know the greater the sacrifice, the greater the victory? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. Where there is no sacrifice, there is no victory. That's good. Right. Um, a company of people that have a whatever it takes spirit. Mm. The eighth one is great leaders that are entrepreneurial. <clears throat> I, um, I believe great churches are built with entrepreneurial people. One of the biggest rip-offs of the devil is when I hear someone say, I'm not creative. How could you not be creative when you're made in the image and likeness of a creative God? Yeah. See, I may not be creative in music. I do not have a voice. If I want to clear a crowd, I just start singing. <laughs> Achy-breaky heart usually does it every time. Here's the thing. But I'm creative in other areas that you may not be creative in. We all have levels of creativity. Creativity, another word for creativity, is entrepreneurial. When we use the gifts on our life, to be able to do things that haven't been done before, to be able to think outside the box, to be able to create things that haven't been created before. That's good. Great leaders are creative leaders yeah. with their gifting. Entrepreneurial. So if we want plasmas in the children's ministry, we don't have the budget, then we send all our young people out and we go out and we look after them and we say, and I talked about this to, to Richard, to go out and go to Walmart and other places and go, do you want to change the world? Do you want to raise up the next president of the United States of America? If she's a bit, you know, pro-feminist Nazi, then say to her, do you want to see the first female president of America? Well, why don't you give us plasmas for what we're doing in our, in, in our church coastline, because we want to train up young people to be leaders in the future. That's good. And all of a sudden, someone might write the check for a whole bunch of plasmas or so. Yeah, we've seen that right. in our church. Yeah. Yes, we can, exactly. <laughs> And you see, this culture is 10 times more generous than the culture I come from as a nation. And there are so many things that people want to come be on, able to be a part so, of. Yeah. An entrepreneurial leader says, hey, I don't need that budget because we're going to finance it yeah. through all these entrepreneurial things That's that we're great. doing. Oh, I love that. The ninth one is, who wants to hear the ninth key on yeah, leadership? On. And these are just lessons we've learned. Um, so maybe one of them will help you. Is Great leaders understand honour and loyalty. Great leaders understand honour and loyalty. That's right. In the culture that I come from is not a huge honour culture. Mm-hmm. It's, um, and I always use America as a great example, and I pray America stays this way, because it will be the, um, the key to your demise if it doesn't. If you buy a nice car in Australia, an Australian will pass you, a go, nice car, nice Mercedes-Benz. You know, you, you, you so deserve it. That's so great. But what you're not realising is, as they're telling you that, they're keying your car oh. out of envy. <laughs> Because they think, well, who, how come you really deserve it? Yeah. It's called the tall poppy syndrome. We get it from our English brothers, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, how come I don't have a Mercedes-Benz like you? I, I, you know, I've gone through all of this. I should have a nice car. Whereas the American way is, hey, this is such a cool car. Could I take you out for lunch? I'll pay and bring a gift because I want to learn how you got it. Because I want to honour what's on your life. And I want what you've got, not out of envy, but realizing, man, if you've been able to do this, you've inspired me that maybe I can do it as well. And I believe in church life, honor. If you want to talk about the priesthood, the priesthoods, the priests were the highest paid people in the community back in Old Testament times. And uh, unfortunately, there's been a culture over the last hundred years, keep them poor. But what actually happens is keep then the church small. Instead of, an, and again, it's a, it's a comment you can talk, I don't know the culture here, but here's the thing that um, when it comes to honor, God honors honor. When we honor people, God honors us. That's right. When we have loyalty, the yeah. thing I love about Americans is their loyalty. That's right. Uh, in, your, in your flag, in your, when you sing your anthem, unfortunately, most Australians don't even know the first two words of our anthem, right. let alone the whole anthem. <laughs> Pretty much every American knows their anthem, there's a loyalty but it's got to be in the church as well. Mm, yeah. And a loyalty to the vision um, in, in what we do. Because I believe, and what the Bible says, is that honour and loyalty is so key yeah. to the blessings of God. Mm. And, um, and so a great leader understands honour and understands loyalty and no gossip. I was sharing just quickly the, um, to the, some of the guys before that when I started the church... A lady started sharing rumors about a family, a marriage that had some whole bunch of brokenness before that we'd helped restore. They were going really well. The kids were going really well. And she felt the right to talk about gossip. Now, getting together and praying together and then sharing about other people's issues in prayer, praying for sister so-and-so in their, in their this problem or brother so-and-so and his problem over there, that's just called praying gossip. Yeah, around letting each other know what's happening in the church but using a spiritual context to make it all okay but it's still called gossip come on somebody yeah, it's good it's good all right. amen thank you brother <laughs> so she was sharing all this stuff and it got me mad because this is families this is marriages this is not this is not a god thing so i stood her up in the church and i talked about how i don't believe in gossip and what the bible says about gossip so i said you had a decision to make shut up repent and uh, we'll love you and restore you or get out of the church because we don't have gossip in our church. Well, who knows? She, she, well, she, she got up. She left the church. The whole place cheered. I said I'd pay for her taxi ride if she needed a, a lift <laughs> out. Um, she left. We don't have gossip in yeah. our church because we made a decision. We're going to be an honor culture. Yeah. We're going to have yeah. loyalty in the church, and we're not just going to change from one person to the next. <laughs> Is this helping anybody here? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, I thought I had a bit longer. How much longer do I have? Well, we got another... 40, 50 minutes with Vanessa, too. Okay, I'll take five more minutes. Is that okay? Um, The other one is this great leaders live a life of sacrifice. Great leaders live a life of sacrifice. Um, Vanessa and I every year look at what's the sacrifice. I come from a wealthy father, and um, he's been, like I said, bankrupt different times. We had different seasons of my childhood of having nothing. My mum and I, after he'd left, sharing half a chicken because that's all we could afford. Um, together and so on so I've had the extremes of, of wealth and so on um, in, in aspects of Australian culture anyway um, but the thing is this um, life is a life of sacrifice we're going to I believe we've got to be great leaders and build a great church is what is the sacrifice every year yeah. because not just when you look at the widow's mite, Jesus said hey those wealthy people that tipped way more than she did but it wasn't a sacrifice Yet he said she gave everything that she had. And he said, that's what I honor. If we're going to lead the way in the church in generosity and financially and so on, we. bottom line is, if we're generous as the core leaders, then the church will become generous. If we lead by revelation of the tithe and so on, then the church will lead with the revelation of the tithe. But the thing is, it starts here first. And so a great leader is a leader that leads with sacrifice. So Every year there's something we go without. So if it means, okay, um, uh, one year it was a holiday. That's all we had that we had put money aside for. There was nothing else. One year I think it was uh, something else that we wanted. But it it was a holiday. And we said, God, you're bigger than this. Now I believe in good holidays and so on. But it was a sacrifice. So for us, we gave that away and in the, in the, gave it to the building and, and so on in the future of the church. Now God, turned, someone out of nowhere turned up and shouted at us two weeks in Fiji for a holiday. Had no idea, and it was great. The story afterwards, but we had no idea that that was going to happen. That's right. We were ready to bunker down at home and make it fun for the kids. But here's the thing: I believe in building a great church and being a great leader is we've got to live with sacrifice. That's right. If we have everything all the time, then where's the sacrifice? And I believe great churches are built on sacrifice. Is this okay? It's good. Yeah. Um, great leaders understand language matters. Yeah. Yeah. Language is so key in a church. Mm. And I scrutinise everything that's said from a pulpit. Because I, 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 I didn't grow up in church at all. I was in nightclubs. I was dealing drugs. I was taking Elements of drugs. I was such a scrooge that if I could sell it for more, then I'd go without taking it so I could make <laughs> more money. Um, but every so often it didn't happen, so I'd, I'd uh, be a part of it. Or, you know, the nightclub scene, the whole bit got radically saved. Um, when an unchurched person walks in the house, into the church, and they hear from the front, and, and again, these are just my thoughts, okay? Um, and they hear um, unsaved and, and, not, and uh, not a Christian and all these other words all of a sudden it's total opposite language to them and it's exclusive, not inclusive. So everything that we do as a church has got to relate to Uncle Harry, who's the biggest heathen on the planet. Usually he's the favourite uncle because he's the funnest. (laughs) Um, Can come into the church and even if he goes, even if he doesn't get saved, even if he doesn't make a response, he goes, hey, I'd come back to this. This was all right. If I get that, I've done my job well. If we've had people who could be able to come in like that and walk back and go, I'd come another time. Or if I was to go to church, that's the church I would go to. That's the goal of a Sunday service for people. Because Sunday's not about us. Because Sunday, the way we build churches, the more you give, the Bible's so clear about it, the more you get. So the more we build the church for everybody else, the more we find fulfilled in every area that we need for our own lives. And so language matters. The last one. Um, is that (laughs) this is so hard because I have 40 of them (laughs) 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 great leaders keep short accounts that's good one of the best friends that I have are the ones that I've wanted to kill the most Anyone else like that? If you go back long with some friendships. They're the ones you've wanted to kill the most. But you've restored short accounts. Marriage. Imagine if we kept accounts. So Vanessa and I have this thing in our marriage. You can never go, oh, but when you. Because the Bible says he throws the past as far as the east is from the west. And he forgets. But in marriage, if we want to build a great marriage, we can't keep going back to when. If we have truly forgiven and we have forgotten, and it's a brand new day of issues that we now need to work through. Great leaders say, no matter what, with that person, this person, short accounts. Keep it contained. Realize it was a moment in time. Move forward and not let the past dictate the future of your leadership in the church. Mm. So this church, and from catching up with Aaron, has had some tumultuous years and some stuff and everything. If we keep long accounts, this church will never be able to grow to the place it's called to grow to. But if we are able to apply grace, undeserved, unmerited love, favor of God, As we want it on our life, we give it to somebody else. To go, a whole bunch of stuff happened, and even some of the people still in the church that we're friends with, or maybe not so much friends with, but are still here and stuff happened. Why don't we box that? Why don't we keep a short account, throw it as far as the east is from the west, and as leaders realize it's all lessons learned, let's keep moving forward with a smile and see what God does. I believe we can build great churches if we have leaders who keep short accounts. Mm. And over the last 11 years, I thank God my wife has kept short accounts. Mm-hmm. Because if she hadn't, I don't think we'd be doing what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. But because she has and applied grace where sometimes grace was so not um, deserved, she's helped me to change on a whole bunch of things so that we can keep moving forward in the destiny God has for us. I believe great leaders need to keep short accounts to see the destiny of the church move forward. And if I can encourage you, anything as an outsider here, and I can see some incredibly intelligent, smart, anointed people, is keep short accounts. Because mm. if we keep short accounts, the grace of God comes in, and when the hand of God and the grace of God is on something, oh my goodness, that's where you want to be. That's, that's yeah. it. And that's I just good. believe that for this house. Good. I hope that's helped you tonight. Good. You Thank guys you. are awesome. <laughs> ah, everyone.